I am who it says I am. I can do what it says I can do. I can be who it says I can be. And I will have what it says I can have. Today, I will hear the word of God. I boldly declare that my mind is alert. My heart is receptive. My ears are open. And I better not go to sleep. I'll never be the same. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. You may be seated this morning. I want to do us a new series that I believe will be short but powerful and practical. And I'm calling this, this new series Spring Cleaning. Just look at your neighbor and say, you need to clean your house up. Now, everybody in one way or another can use some organization and some, prior, some uh, prioritization in their lives. And what better way to organize our lives than doing it based on the principles of God's Word. And so if you're taking notes, the topic of our series is spring cleaning. And I'm subtopping this morning's lesson as organizing your life God's way. Everybody say, organizing your life. God's way. If you have your Bibles, I want you to find Genesis chapter 1. We're going to start in verse 1. Genesis 1, 1. And then we're going to turn over to 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verses 23. That was Genesis chapter 1, verses 1. And then 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verses 23. And one of the reasons I wanted to do a lesson like this is the only way, and you'll see this as I begin to teach it, increase is only available to come when there's order in our lives. There are so many examples in the Bible that when order came, increase came. Everybody say, when order comes, increase comes. So you're going to see that as we begin to get our lives together in every way, and this started out with my closet. I, in my closet, I like to have my clothes color-coded. I like to have all of my suits on the top rack. I like to have all of my colored shirts in one section. I like all of my pants in one section. And then all of my sports gear in another section. And then I have all of my shoes, which, of course, I have more shoes than the average guy. But that's okay. I got them all lined up. Some of them with dust on them and everything. But I noticed one day that I had stopped. Taking, when you take something off, if you don't put it back in the spot that you took it out of, if you do that enough times, your closet will become cluttered up. And so even though it started out clean and in order, it ends up being in disarray because I didn't put things back. Amen. So the first point that I want you to write down if you're taking notes this morning is this. Organization doesn't always happen overnight, but it can happen over time. I'm going to say that again. Organization doesn't always happen overnight, but it can happen over time. And here's the principle that I want you to get out of this. Just because you have the energy to do something doesn't mean you should use the time to do it. Because some of us, we don't organize our lives. It's because we try to do it all in one day. 
And so what happens is frustration sets in and we end up doing nothing. So I'm going to give you permission today and I'm going to show you a principle on how God did it. I'm going to give you permission to not necessarily have to clean up everything on the same day. All right. In Genesis chapter 1 verses 1, it says, In the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form and void. Darkness was upon the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. And God said, let there be what? Light and there was light. Now, I love the Living Bible. Listen to the translation because we're going to see through the Living Bible that when God created the heavens and the earth, when he started with the earth, the earth was in chaos. Watch this now. It says, when God began creating the heavens and the earth, the earth was shapeless, a, a shapeless, chaotic mass, the Spirit of God brooding over the dark vapors. Then God said, let there be light, and light appeared. Watch this now. And verse 4 says, and God saw the light, that it was good, and God divided the light from the darkness, and God called the light day, and the darkness he called night, and the evening and the morning, read it with me, were the first day. Everybody say the first day. Now, I want you to notice something, that almighty God, who has almighty power, who could cre have created everything in one day, decided to spread his work out. Now, if you continue to read the book of Genesis, you'll discover that God took six days. Everybody say six days. God took six days to create the world and mankind, and then on the seventh day, he decided to rest. So here's the principle that I want to give you right up front, and that is this. If God took six days to get something done, give yourself permission to get it done in six days. In other words, don't try to tackle your closet all in one day. Because how many know it took you three years for it to get there? All right, so God took six years, six days to, to uh, do the heavens and the earth. And the principle here is that organization does not have to be done overnight, but it can be done over time. Now, here's the million-dollar question that I want us to start out with this morning. Here's the touch your neighbor and say, you're about to learn something. Where do you and I start organizing our lives, and how do we do it? Now, as you and I approach this endeavor, I want us to approach it just like God would have approached it. Because, see, there are three areas that I'll show you in the Bible that we need to really view and lock down. And these are the three areas that we're eventually going to have to prioritize and organize. And, and, and this is the same way that God has created us. God has created us in three ways. We are spirit. We have a soul. We live in a body. Everybody say spirit. Soul. And body. Okay, so guess what? God, that was his focus. And so if you want to give another name for those three things, we could say the spiritual, the emotional or mental, and the physical. Everybody say the spiritual, the emotional, and the physical. And we are going to organize our life God's way. In fact, go to First Thessalonians chapter 5, and if you don't have it, they're going to put it on the screen. This gives us an idea of God's order for our lives. And I've discovered that if you will get your, your life on the same page that God has it, I'm going to show you at the end 
why increase has to come into your life. Now, I'm not just talking about increased money. I'm not just talking about that. I'm talking about an increase of peace. I'm talking about an increase of your kids acting right. See, I've discovered that don't act right kids have don't act right parents. I'm going to say it on this side because our baby parents is over there. <laughs> no, no, no. Don't act right kids, for the most part, have don't act right parents. First Thessalonians chapter 5, watch God's order in verse 23. And the very God of peace sanctify you holy. Now watch God's order. I pray, God, that your whole what? Spirit and soul and body be preserved brainless. So we can see now that God has identified three areas that we really need to keep in order. And the first one was spirit. Everybody say spirit. We are a spirit. We have a soul and we live in our bodies. Now, if you're taking notes, here's point number two, and here's what we're going to live at in just a minute here. When God is at the top, he helps us order things at the bottom. I'm going to say that again. When God is at the top, he helps us order things at the bottom. Everybody say, when God's at the top, he helps us order things at the bottom. Or another way we could say it is, if we keep God on top, he will help us fix things at the bottom. And see, here's the problem with most believers. God is first in principle, but most of the time, not in practice. I'm going to say that again. The problem with a lot of Christians is that God, watch this now, he's first to us in principle, but not necessarily in practice. In other words, God is first in our minds, but not in our emotions. And this is why most Christians experience constant lack, constant inconsistency, inconsistent peace. That's why they default or forfeit success in their lives. It's because God is not at the top. Now, so for the rest of this lesson, my job is going to be to hopefully boost your faith to put God first and keep him first, and then I want to increase your expectations of what should happen next. Amen. Now, here's the principle that I want you to grab. Order at the top creates success at the bottom. Everybody say, order at the top creates success at the bottom. Or we could say it like this. Organization in my spiritual life helps produce organization in my natural life. It is very difficult to be organized in your spiritual life and your natural life be in chaos. It's almost impossible. Now, go to Luke chapter 17. Go to Luke chapter 17. We're going to look in verse 5. Luke said, I tell you what, you go to Matthew 6, 31, and I'm going to read Luke 17. Matthew chapter 6, verse 31. Now, everybody knows this verse, but I'm going to point something out to you and how it relates to where God needs to be in our lives. Because again, we know he's supposed to be first. We know that in principle. But the unfortunate part is we're not functioning that a lot of times in practice. And that's why it's so easy to, when the, you know, the alarm clock goes off, it's easy to just jump out of the bed and get ready for work. 
You say, well, Pastor Edmund, I don't have time to do anything. I have my devotions on the, on the back end of the day. Well, I'm not saying you have to have a full-blown Bible study and go to Bible school that morning. But watch what Matthew chapter 6, verse 31 says. He says, therefore, take no thought, saying, what shall we eat, what shall we drink, and what shall be clothed? Now, let me just ask a question. How many need something in here to drink? No, that sounded wrong, didn't it? <laughs> uh, water, okay? I mean, he says, you know, what shall we drink? How many are, are concerned? You got to drink stuff. Drink water, right? All right? And then he says, you know, we need clothes. How many know you need some clothes? Right? And, uh, and then he says, uh, what shall we drink? What shall we be clothed? And, uh, and then what shall we eat? He says, for all these things... Do the Gentiles seek? For your heavenly Father knows that you have need of all these things. Verse 33, he says, But seek ye who? First, the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Now, in Luke 17, 5, I want you to write it down. I'm going to read it because the apostle said to the Lord, Increase our faith. Well, that word increase is the same Greek word as the word add in Matthew 6, 31. When he says, you know, that when we seek first the kingdom of God, all these things will be added. That word added is the same English word increase. In other words, I want you to see that when we seek God first, increase comes second. And so what happens is a lot of times when we're trying to get our lives together, we start on the outside instead of starting on the inside. Amen. Now, I love this because in Hebrews eleven six. It says, but without faith, it is impossible to please God. For he that comes to God, watch this, must believe that he is and that same God is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Notice now a pattern. It says in Matthew 6 that if we seek God first, he's going to add some things to our lives. That word add is the same word increase. Well, we just read now. In Hebrews 11:6, that he will reward those who not just seek him, but diligently seek him. And when you look up that word reward, it means one who pays wages. So you really think that you need a raise from your job. No, no, no. All you need to do is learn how to seek God, and God will get you a raise on your job. But see, what we're doing, we're putting in tons of hours over here, and I'm not saying don't work hard. But we're working hard over here when all we have to do is do some seeking hard over here. Amen. And I love this because it says in order for us to diligently seek him, we have to do it by faith. See, here's why it's got to be done by faith. Because you are already crunched for time. I have to do it by faith because maybe for the first 10 days or so, you don't get nothing out of it. But see, the power or the, 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 the breakthrough a lot of times comes with consistency. Amen. Did you know that you can drip a hole in a rock if you put a rock under a fountain and just let the water drip? Eventually, a hard rock would have a hole in it just due to soft water being consistent, hitting it? Amen. Well, we'll see here, he says he's a rewarder. He pays wages to those who seek him by faith. And see, when you're functioning by faith, and I just want you to write this down because this is the foundation of my life. When you're functioning by faith, there are five things you can always expect. 
You know, I, tell, I hear people, they say, well, I'm trusting God or I'm believing God for something. And so, uh, and then I ask them, you know, what, what process are they using? And they go, I don't understand the process. So here's what I mean. In other words, when you say that you're standing in faith for something, there are five things that should occur or you should anticipate occurring in your life. Here's the first one, is that God will give you a plan of action. If you notice, everybody in the Bible who was waiting on God to do something, a lot of times God would give them a plan of action. And if a plan of action doesn't come, then the second thing that, that can happen when you're waiting in faith is that you get some wisdom from God. Everybody say wisdom from God. Amen. I've been looking at uh, a, a, a different car for years now, and uh, God gave me some wisdom on how to do it and not change my budget. Now, that's wisdom. I'm going to show it to you how I did it at the uh, seminar. I'm not going to tell you here because I want you to come. All right? Everybody say wisdom from God. Here's number three real quick. It's favor from God or man. In other words, when you're waiting on God and you're waiting in faith, one of the things you can anticipate is favor from God or man. And that's just the willingness of others to use their power and their influence to help you. Amen. And then here's number four is a miracle from God. Sometimes you just need a miracle. Now, here's the thing about miracles. Miracles are scheduled by God and are known by us. So that's why we live by faith. You can't live by miracles because you don't know when they're going to come. A miracle from God, and here's number five, is strength to endure until change comes. And see, that's what happened with our new building. I know a lot of people was doubting what we were going to do and, and doubting if I was hearing from God. But at the end of the day, we see that Pastor Evan was standing on what God said. But see, here's the thing. Sometimes when God said it, it takes a little longer for him to do it. So you just have to have strength to endure until change comes. Watch this. You just have to put your hater T-shirt on and just keep going to work. Amen. All right. Now, go to Job chapter 8. Go to Job chapter 8. Job 8. We're going to look at verse 5. I want to give you now what the result is of seeking God. What is the result of seeking God? Because I really want to push you to get closer to God than you've ever been in your life. I mean, at the end of the day, if the Bible says in Hebrews eleven six 6, that God will pay wages to somebody who seeks him, man, I'd be right there in front of him every day. He'd get tired of me like, what you want now, Evan? But see, many of us, we're seeking resources for the problem instead of seeking the source for the problem. Amen. Job, I love this verse. It's in uh, chapter 8, verse 5. I'm going to read verse 5 through 7. It says, if you would earnestly seek who? Seek God and make your supplication or specific request to the Almighty. If you were pure and upright, everybody say that's just living right. That's just living right. Pure and upright, surely now, say now, now he would awake for you and prosper your rightful dwelling place. Look at the next verse. Though your beginning was small, yet your latter end would increase, say increase, would increase abundantly. Notice now, increase is the result of seeking God. Everybody say increase is the result of seeking God. Now, I don't know about you, but I, I would love to have a plenty full of peace. 
when we're on an airplane and turbulence come, by the way, if you weren't here last week, go to the podcast. My wife did an awesome message on angels. You need to go get it, go get it, go get it, go get it. When we're on airplanes, my wife goes into prayer and fasting when turbulence comes. I don't. I'm like Jesus. I sleep on the boat. Because if I was not going to make it on that plane, God would have never put me on it. See, that's how I look at it. it it's not about what's going to happen to the plane when I get up there. No, 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 no. Because if something was going to happen, he would tell me before I got on the plane. If I don't get on that plane, I'd be like, babe, God said don't get on there. You can go if you want to. I'll see you in heaven. <laughs> My wife be right there with me. Why, babe? Why? I don't know, babe. I don't know. And then we get home and see uh, flight 1991 at American Airlines crash. As soon as it left the airport at DFW, Pastor Evan was not on that plane. <laughs> Second Chronicles 26.3. I don't want you to turn there, but I want to read you a story about a guy named Uzziah. It says that when he was 50 and 2 years old, he did that which was right in the sight of the Lord. And then it says in verse 5, And as he sought God in the days of Zechariah, as long as he sought the Lord, God made him to prosper. As long as he sought God, God caused him to prosper. And you're trying to figure out what's wrong with your business? No, no, no. You don't have an income problem. You have a seeking him problem. Touch your neighbor and say, he's coming down your street in just a minute. No, you don't have a husband obeying problem. You have a seeking God problem. So now, how, how do we get this thing together? Here it is right here. Here's point number three. A prioritized, prioritized life produces an organized life. I'm going to say that again. A prioritized life produces an organized life. In other words, the power to live organized, watch this, comes from the anointing of the head and the position of my heart. I'm going to show you here that you have to have priority to have organization. God did not start with nothing but him first. He says, seek me first, and then I'll add everything else. So the priority here is God. Everybody say the priority is God. And I'm going to show you that when God is the head, then the anointing of the head and the position of my heart is what causes increase to come. Now, let's go here, Philippians 4, and we'll maybe use this one as our last verse. Philippians chapter 4, go to Philippians 4. I'm going to show you something about this verse that we all use. I'm going to show you something different about it. Because, everybody say, anointing. Now, we try to make that real spooky, but the anointing really is God's power or empowerment for you to do what he's called you to do. It's a special ability that comes from the Holy Spirit that's on the inside that allows you to do what he's called you to do. It allows you to, watch this, walk through tough situations. It allows you, the Bible said that the anointing destroys the yoke. So it's just the power, everybody say power. It's God's power that lives on the inside. And in Philippians chapter 4, it's a principle that I want you to see because he says, I can do all things through who? Christ who what? 
strengthens me. Now, let's break that verse down because it says that we can do anything, but it only comes from the source and the strength that comes from Christ. So here's the question. How do I access that, access that strength? Now, I want you to pretend that this cologne spray is our heart on the inside of us. Because, see, this priority of putting God first is not on the outside that I'm talking about. It's on the inside. And so the Holy Spirit on the inside is also equipped with God's anointing. Everybody say God's anointing. Now, a lot of us can't access the anointing even though it's on the inside because we're not in position to get it. Now, let me ask you the question. Uh, you know, the Bible says that Jesus is the Christ. The word Christ is anointed one. Listen, Christ is not Jesus' last name. Some of y'all will get that when you get home. And people are like, what was Jesus' last name? Christ. No, his last name was, we don't know what his last name was. But, but I do know that, you know, he's uh, the wonderful counselor. He's all that, all right? But here's my question. Who represents the church? We do. Everybody say we do. Who is the head of the church? Who? Christ is the head of the church. Now, in Psalm 133, it describes what happens or how the anointing on someone, how it works. And it says in Psalm 133, verse 1, it says this. Behold, how good and pleasant it is for brethren to, to dwell together in unity. It is like the precious ointment or anointing upon the head that ran down the beard, even Aaron's beard, that went down to the skirts of his garment. In other words, the anointing starts with the head. Now, how many can agree with me that Jesus is anointed? Okay, so now, if I am the church or I am his body, then me as the body must stay lined up with the head or whatever's coming down on the head ain't going to come down on the body. Are you with me so far? Okay, so this represents the body of Christ, and this is Jesus. He's the head. Now, remember, this is all on the inside, all on the inside. So as long as we're doing things his way, we stay under that anointing, and as that anointing gets poured, what's happening? Is it just staying at the top? What's happening? It's coming where? It's coming down. In other words, whatever that anointing has the power to do, it will get done in your life. If it destroys the yoke, you have yoke-destroying power. If it allows you to prosper, you're going to have prosperity in your life. But see, a lot of times, we're, we don't stay lined up on the inside with Christ. So now, when problems happen, we want to, ooh, this is sticky. We want to do things our way. So, we're going to do it just like this. All right. So, now, this is how we look. Watch this now. I'm going to show you something. This is us. Where's the head? This is the head. No. So, watch this. The anointing ain't going to stop just because we move. We're wondering why increase ain't coming, blessing ain't coming, peace ain't coming. 
We're wondering why, watch this, supplies not coming because he said, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and he will add some things. We're wondering why additions not coming. It's because we have separated ourselves from his way of doing things. And let me just give you a secret. If when we seek him first, he adds things into our life, then when we don't seek him first, things are subtracted. So now, the anointing is still flowing. We're not under it. So now what we have to do is get back under it. And see, when we get back under that anointing, all the power we need to live life is right there. So now my life should look different because why should I be worrying about a job layoff when my God is Jehovah Jireh? Why should I be wondering if I'm going to make it at the end of the month when he's not just Jehovah Jireh that provides, he is Jehovah, uh, 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 what's the one that, that it's just called increase? El Shaddai, the all-sufficient one. He's saying, I just don't provide your needs. I got some increase for you too. But you know what? We sit around and we, we wonder how God's going to do it. And the more we wonder is we wonder from under that anointing. So now, as we close here, I'm going to show you how to stay under that anointing. So here are some practical things that you and I can do to prioritize our spiritual life. I am out of time. Wow. Here's some practical things real quick. You pray before you hit the floor, and you read before you hit the door. Don't even leave the house. So as you get up, get your Bible on your phone. You don't even have to cut the you don't have to cut the lights on. Just dim it down real low, so it won't blind you and all that crust in your eye. And just start reading. Start reading. And then before you leave the the house, pray. Listen, I, I pray for my kids. There's a street that I turn on to take Landon to school, and that's the spot that I pray for my kids every day. He's already used to it. And I pray the same prayer every morning for them. I pray God's protection over them. I, I charge their angels to take care of them that day. I pray that God will give them favor with their teacher and with their friends. I pray that God will cause them to absorb the information and that they will have a great day learning. That's what I pray every day for my kids, right? So we're going to pray before we hit the floor, and you're going to do it in tongues and in English. Because you don't know what's coming down the pipe. And then you're going to read. Get you a daily devotional. Read that. Then you're going to confess. This is due out today. You're going to confess God's word out loud. Because you're going to have what you say, not what you think. So throughout the day, you're just going to be thanking God for whatever you need in your life. You don't have to ask him no more. He's not deaf. God don't have a hearing aid. Amen. You're going to now thank him. You're going to confess throughout the day. His word over your life. Watch this now. Here's number four. Then you're going to be a doer of the word and not just a knower of the word. See, because you can become a knower of the word and you know it so long that you think you're doing it. You got to become a doer of the word, not just a knower of the word. Here's the next one. Then listen to the message this week on podcast at least once per day. Listen, I will listen to my message at least five times a week. Because how does faith come? It comes by hearing. And see, I want to have my faith in position that whatever God asks of Evan Connor, the faith is already on the inside for me to, to do it. 
Amen. So I want to listen to the word every day. Then I want to listen to the actual Bible. Listen to the Bible and follow it with your Bible. And then picture the word working in your life. That's what the Bible says. Meditate on the word day and night. Picture the word happening in your life. Picture people coming up to you, to your table, paying for your dinner. Oh, picturing, picturing uh, uh, they dropping the interest rates just for you. Say, Pastor, I don't believe in that. Let me, let me, I'm going to close with this story. Uh, I think it was three years ago when we bought my wife's Escalade. We were looking at it. It was like the beginning of a year. And so let's say it was 2013 or whatever. Well, the new leases for 2013s had not come out, the lease programs. And so the guy said, well, we don't have a lease program for this, so there's no special deals on this. And so I was like, well, what, what has to happen? He says, well, we have to wait for headquarters to send the lease plans, and, uh, and then you could, you know, pick a plan. I said, well, how long can that take? He said, well, this is January. The new leases won't come out till about April because we still have to get rid of the 2012s that were here. In other words, they didn't want to outsell the 13s when they still had 12s on the lot. Well, that made sense to him, but it didn't make sense to me because I wanted a new 2013. All right, platinum edition. That's what she wanted. So I made one phone call. And how many know favors sometimes come when you ask? I picked up the phone call, made one call, and this person made one call. And the one call that they made took that one call all the way up to the president of the North America's division of General Motors. Well, this person that was way up there decided, hey, give Pastor Connor your friend my discount. And, and by the way, I've changed the program. Have him at the dealership. I know he's sitting there at the dealership. Have him to look it up on the computer again. So I'm sitting there, and I'm on the phone. I got inside information. <laughs> My wife and I, we just, we just calm, and we just cool. And I looked at the sales guy. I said, can you look up that lease program again? He says, there is no lease program. I said, look again. He typed it on there, and he said, how did you do that? God. <laughs> let me tell you a secret about desire. Never let what you desire be controlled by what you don't or do have in your hand. Let desire be controlled by the power of the God that you serve. The Bible says he will give you the desires of your heart. So I may not have it in my hand, but that doesn't mean I can't have it in my life. Amen. So uh, we are out of time. So uh, next week, what I'm going to do is Word of Truth has a biblical structure that we have been functioning in for 11 years that I'm going to show you in the Bible, in the old tabernacle, and show you how those same things can apply to our lives. And I'm going to show you how to get your, look at your neighbor and say, he's going to help you get your life together. <laughs> did y'all learn something this morning? Give the Lord a hand clap if you did. God bless you. Every head bow. If you're here this morning, every head bow. Here's my question. If you die today.